Welcome to The Crossing Online. We're so glad that you're here. We may not be together in person, but we at The Crossing believe that life is better when we are in community together. So we wanna encourage you, share this service with your friends by clicking that share button right below this video. If it is your first time joining us online, we would love to connect with you. So go to our website and click that connect tab right there at the top. Fill that out with as much or as little information as you'd like, and a member from our team will be in contact to see how we can walk through life with you. If you need prayer or if you need help in any way, I wanna encourage you to text I need help to 31996, and a member from our team will be in contact with you after service to see how we can help you. If you give your life to the Lord today, you can text I said yes to that same number, 31996. We would love to send you a gift that would help you on this journey with Christ. Again, I'm Christine. We're so glad that you've joined us online. Let's get ready to worship. Good morning, Crossing Online. We're so glad that you've joined us. Come on, let's worship our God today. Come on, sing this with me. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. Yes, I do. Still the miracle that I just can't get over. My name is registered in heaven. Oh, my praise belongs to you forever. Come on. This is my testimony from death to life. Because grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Come together, sons and daughters. Bought with blood and washed in water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Yes, our God will finish what He started. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony, this is my testimony. Oh yeah. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead. 
never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see that you're working, even when I don't feel that you're working, you never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop. Oh, oh, you are rainmaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. is with me and surely his goodness and mercy follows me thank you let's sing this together i love you lord oh your mercy never fails me all my days i've been held in your hands from the moment that away Till I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath. Close like no other. I've known you as a 
to the end, Jesus. And all my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am made, oh, I will see of the goodness of God. Oh, it's running after me. If this is your first time joining us, we'd love to get to know you better. Head on over to our website and click the Connect tab at the top of the screen. Fill it out with as much or as little information as you'd like, and a member of our team will reach out to you shortly to find out how we can best walk through life with you. While we may not be together in person, but there's still plenty of opportunities for us to connect online. If you haven't seen it yet, We've been streaming our Tuesday morning prayer meeting with Pastor Randy at 6 a.m. Our worship team has also been going live on social media to lead us in worship. Our women's pastor, Pastor Stacy, will be hosting our next Table Talk event live through our Crossing Women's Facebook group at 9 a.m. Central on April 25th. If you haven't already, make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to keep up with what's going on here at The Crossing. If you need prayer or help of any kind, text I need help to 31996 and a member of our care team will reach out to you shortly. If you give your life to Jesus, text I said yes to the same number 31996 because we'd love to give you a gift to help start your journey with Christ. Once again, we're so glad that you're joining us. My name's Thomas, and please help me in welcoming our senior pastor, Pastor Randy. Good morning. Good morning, everybody there at the house in your living room there, and we've got a handful of our staff here and uh, some, some, some great folks here. And... Uh, you know, I, I really do. I got to tell you, we, we miss you guys. I, I, I need to brag on you just a little bit. When we got here this morning, there was somebody here uh, who ran in and put their tithe check in the box back there, and we've had people all through the week doing that. And uh, this is just a kind of a family matter between me and all of you here at The Crossing. I want you to know that our offerings haven't dropped a penny you guys have been so faithful during a squeeze, during a time like, like this. Uh, you guys have been so faithful, and so many of you have called and said, not only do I want to give 
uh, my, my normal you know, gift to the church, but I wanna help. And uh, so we've, we've had some funds come in and we're here to help. And one of the things I wanna raise with you is uh, many of you probably are uncomfortable saying I need help. That'd be uncomfortable for me. I, it'd, be, it'd be a challenge, I think, for, for most of us. It's much easier to, to be on the giving side than on the receiving side. I want to say to you, we're here. This is a difficult time. And if you need help, I want you. Uh, don't, do not feel embarrassed or, I mean, email it, text it, however you can get it to us. But we're here to help you. And that's what the church is all about. One of the things that I love about what's happening right now uh, it's not I love that we're not getting together. I love, though, that God has awakened in the church that the church is not the gathering on Sunday. It's the individual members all doing what they contribute. And whether you're in a home or we have to go underground somewhere in the future and this is a trial run, and that might sound crazy to you, but I thought this, if you'd have told me this last year, I'd have said this is crazy. So for what, but here's, here's the deal. We are the church. We work together. We help each other. And so I, I just want just to put a little extra pressure on you. If you need help, tell us. We can help you. All right? We can help you. All right? Um, I, some of you now have got to be getting a little crazy. Just uh, uh, I was talking with Stacy uh, this week, and, you know, we got through Easter. And there's a bit of, uh, you know, we've, we've made all the Facebook live. I mean, everybody who could get on your computer and make a, a video of yourself, you've probably done that by now. And you've had some fun, and that's good. You keep doing it. It's, it's good, but boy, they're out there. There's lots of video out there, so uh, if you can't fellowship with a human, just go to Instagram or, or uh, Facebook, and there's plenty of people wanting to talk to you, uh, if you're wondering. And uh, you've probably restacked the toilet paper and rearranged the kitchen and uh, you know, watched all your Netflix movies. I was driving around. I mean, the, here's the deal. Uh, nothing scarier to a pastor than a bunch of bored Christians. Because uh, you'll make up something to get into and you create work for me, and I don't want that. I was driving around, though. Some of the folks, I, probably, many of you will probably have remember this story, but I was driving around. I was laughing in my own car this week, just thinking it's not good for a man to be, to be bored. There's a story of, of a guy in 1982 in uh, uh, California in the L.A. area. His name was Larry Walters. Larry Walters was a truck driver and a Vietnam vet, and he always wanted to be a pilot, but he didn't have the eyesight for it. And he later confessed that he came up with this idea on a board. He executed it during a board season of his life, <laughs> but uh, he actually came up with an idea to want to fly at 13 years old. And uh, when he was closing in, in his, on his 40s, uh, he had some downtime, and this thought hit him, it's about time to, to, to do my childhood dream. He goes and buys 45 weather balloons, eight foot before they're inflated, weather balloons. Buys a tank of helium, goes to his garage, and commences filling up all of those weather balloons. He bunched them into four bunches of 11 and 12, these bunches, okay? He ties them to a lawn chair, you feeling me? Ties him to a lawn chair. It's a true story. Tethered the lawn chair to the, the Jeep, to his Jeep bumper. Gets a pellet gun, a camera, a CB radio. That'll tell you how old that, that is. And uh, can't something, beer. <laughs> Won't forget your beer. Obviously, there's beer involved in this plan. 
That's why the scripture says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Well, so here's the deal. Here and his, his beer drinking buddies come over and uh, the idea was they were gonna cut him loose from the Jeep and he was gonna leisurely drift up about 100 feet, take some pictures, eat sandwiches and drink beer and uh, then take his pellet gun and shoot a few of these balloons and leisurely drift down. That was the plan. When they cut him loose, he didn't drift up leisurely, he shot up to 15,000 feet. He went three miles up and uh, now absolutely cold and too scared to shoot these balloons. He's just drifting around in airspace. I mean, airplanes fly at this level. He's, he's drifting around and he drifts into LAX airspace and two airliners report. We have a man in a lawn chair with a gun that's the truth, drinking beer. I mean, there's just nothing right about this. Uh, ultimately, on his CB radio, uh, he basically gets talked down. He was able to shoot a few of those balloons, came down, but not before putting out a whole neighborhood of electricity because his stuff got tangled in a, in a high wire. Uh, he was arrested immediately, of course. Uh, the uh, FAA takes a dim view of this kind of thing, if you're wondering. And, uh, and uh, the Bible says it's not good for a man to be alone. And so there's more scripture for you. But uh, no, he's arrested and uh, some reporters are waiting on him. This was, the, the, by the time he got down, the, the, the report was going around the world. And a reporter asked him, so Larry, why'd you do it? And he said, it's just not good for a man to sit around. And uh, some of you have been sitting around and anyway, I thought about that this week, and I thought, you know what? When you get too bored, you start doing stupid stuff. So I just want to encourage you, just encourage you, we're going to get through all this. Now, uh, you guys turn. I, I have a word for you, and I, honestly, our worship team, they're not done yet. Uh, I'm, I'm actually just going to do a little Devo in between, and I'm going to hand it back to them, and they're going to finish our sermon for us today. But Numbers chapter 6 Verse 22, if you guys would turn to Numbers, let me set us up. Stacy uh, and I were talking, and uh, again, she, she brought up the feeling of, now what? You know, the news kind of worn off of this. <laughs> now what? You know, our governor is saying, maybe, maybe in a couple of weeks, and I, I, this, here's what I'll, I'll just tell you when I know. Um, but, you know, now that the virus is kind of starting to top I think all of our attention is on all of the economic unknown. And uh, we have never been here before. Uh, the airlines are trying to make predictions. And I was just talking to one of our pilots here this morning who said uh, there's no bookings. N nobody's on planes. And so they can't predict anything. They don't know how businesses are gonna, uh, are gonna start flying again. And, uh, you know, I've been somewhat, uh, maybe a little frustrated with the news because they are so harsh on these doctors who are trying to predict and these people that are making these models and they act as if we deserve to know exactly <clears throat> what's going to happen and somebody ought to know exactly what's going to happen. Here's the thing about the moment we're standing in around this planet. Nobody knows for sure where we're going. 
And it is a horribly unsettling feeling. And I believe that God has brought, I mean, God sent us to a timeout. And he's done it to get our attention. And one of the things that's really shaken here is our ability to say we can predict what's going to happen. Now, here's the deal. Inside your home and mind, inside mind and all of us around here, when you can't see where you're going and you can't predict with clarity beyond the next month, it creates enormous anxiety. The opportunity for unrest, it rises. Okay. Israel, when we get to the book of Numbers, the book of Numbers is all about the, the trip from Mount Sinai across the desert to the first opportunity to go to the promised land. And when we get to Numbers chapter 6, what's happened is <clears throat> Israel, talked about this last week, Israel has been set free from Egypt after 430 years this was their normal, but being, a, being a slave, but knowing where the food and the toilet paper was, was their normal in Egypt. Well, uh, they prayed, God, we want to change. We want revival. Lord, do something great. We, we want you to move. And God said he heard their prayers. He sent 10 plagues, their direction to break them free from Egypt on the 10th one we celebrated last week, Passover. They were broken free. And uh, so, man, the night that they're broken free, you can imagine how they're cheering. Yay! Woo! Yippee! We're free! And they're that way until they get to the Red Sea. And when they get to the Red Sea, uh, they get trapped and the word gets out, uh, hey, the Egyptian army is, is barreling down on us. And all of a sudden they were like, yay! Oh, what are we going to do? And the yeas turn to cries, and they fuss at Moses and fuss at God. You guys know the story. Moses holds up the rod. The Red Sea opens. They run through it. The Egyptian army chases behind them. The seas flow over them, and here we go again. Yay! Not only are we free, but our enemy is defeated. And Miriam grabbed her tambourine, if you know your Bible, and I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. And if you've been in church a long time... Anyway, uh, they start singing and having that party. And uh, all of a sudden, they're like, yay, yeah, yes. We don't know what we're doing. We don't do deserts, and we're in the Sinai Desert. Where do you get water? We're going to need a lot of toilet paper. There's no Walmarts here. There's no food. And all of a sudden, what they prayed for and the way that it was coming about they were right where we're at right now. We don't, we don't know where we're going. We don't know how to predict the future. We don't really know this God. We don't know Moses. We don't know how this is all gonna work out. And God marches them to the foot of Mount Sinai and says, fellas, pitch your tent. We're gonna be here a while. I'm gonna begin to set some order. And this is where they get the Ten Commandments. And uh, every rule that you can come up with about hygiene, marriage, sin, the priesthood, how to worship, God begins to speak to them in a time of chaos, order. This is what our God does. And that's what we need right now is just somebody to speak order to us. Then, before they start the long trek across the desert so that God could do what he really wanted to do for them from Egypt to Canaan land, he, he, he tells Aaron, 
actually tells Moses to tell Aaron something, and I want to read it to you. We're going to sing it here in a minute, but I want to encourage you with this word. Hope you're with me. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and, the, and his sons. Now, this is just the priest. Every time the priest get up, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. Check that out now. So how, how am I going to put my name on the children of Israel, these people that don't even really know me? He says, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to say to them this blessing. Now, a little bit about blessing. This, this, is, this is God saying, this is not a prayer. And this is the only blessing God himself hand-scripted. Jesus gave us a prayer but this is the only thing that Jehovah God said, this is my blessing. I hand-scripted it. He handed it to them and said, say it. A blessing is God saying, ah, you don't have to pray. I know what you want to pray. I know what you need before you ask. Before you even say it, here's my answer. I will bless you. I will. Who's going to take care of us? Who's going to? I will keep you. He's got a bunch of people who are looking over the Sinai desert trying to figure out what are we doing here and we don't most of them are wanting to go back to Egypt now. Not because they want to be slaves but because it's familiar. Many of you are probably thinking to yourself, I just want to get back to normal. I'm not sure that there that that normal's attainable, but I, I also I'm not sure that God hasn't allowed this because some of what was normal and comfortable and familiar, though familiar and controllable because we're used to it, was the best for us. I think there's an awakening going on in the church about how powerful the church is and that it isn't identified simply by what happens on a Sunday morning in a building, but that the church is everywhere. The church is made up of individual members and it's as much a power, it's just, you're as much the church as you sit right there, right now in your home as we are here. I think it's broken the dependence on the centrality of a place so we can get to understand. It isn't about our identity to a building or a particular sign out there on front of the street. It's about our identity with God. We're the church. And so I think there's a whole lot of things that, I, personally, I don't want to go back to. There's an urgency that has been awakened in me. And one of my prayers is every, almost every morning is, God, I, I'm, I'm freshly aware that you're coming soon. I'm freshly aware that you love this world and you are shaking this world. And it is so that people will turn their hearts to you. And I have an urgency about me right now. And it causes me to not be petty about little churchy, goofy things and little nuanced theologies and trying to hunt down what's wrong with everybody else's church. It's broken that and it's caused me to go, you know what, I need all the people who love Jesus and who want his presence and love his word. I'm on their team and they're on mine. And we're just here to try to get the world saved because our God wants to save it. There's an urgency about the clock that's ticking on us right now. I don't want to go back to a lack of urgency. I'm not going back to Egypt. You can go. I'm not going. 
We're moving forward. And I'm, I'm hungry for his presence. God was bringing all this about, and basically here's what he was saying. Aaron, every morning after you do the morning sacrifice, every day, you say this. No, don't, no, don't pray it. You say it. Declare this. I'm telling you this. The Lord bless you. The Lord keeps you. The Lord makes his face shine upon you and is gracious to you. The Lord lifts up his countenance upon you and gives you peace. So this is the way I put my name on the people. Pastor Randy, why on earth? That's Old Testament. That's Old Covenant. Well, here's the deal. There's a, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 4, and I wish we had time to read both 3 and 4. I'd encourage you to do that this week. But I want to show you something because that blessing is still alive and in the air right now for anybody who will raise their hand and say, I believe that for my house. It's alive right now. Let me read it to you. Hebrews 4 says, for as long then as that promise of resting in him, that peace that I just said that God declared, pulls on us to God's goal for us, we need to be careful that we not be disqualified. We received the same promises as those people in the wilderness, but the promise didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive the promise with faith. If we believe, though, we'll experience that state of resting, but not if we don't have faith. Jump down to, to uh, verse 8, Hebrews 4. And so that is still a live or a living promise, still, still bubbling. There is no Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, New Covenant. This is God's same yesterday, today, and forever, promising us peace, promising he is our God. The promise is still alive. It wasn't canceled at the time of Joshua. Otherwise, God wouldn't have kept renewing the appointment for today. It's today. The promise of arrival and rest is still there for God's people. God himself is at rest. He's not shaken by our economy or by COVID-19 or the fact that the whole planet is in timeout. God is at rest and we can enter that rest even when we don't know how this is going to turn out. And I'm gonna help us do that today. God is at rest and at the end of the journey, we'll surely rest with him. So let's keep at it and eventually arrive at the place of rest, not drop out from some sort of disobedience. So with that, I wanna encourage you, this promise of the peace and rest of God, it's in your living room waiting right now. It's, it's alive. It's still on the table for anybody who'll say, I believe, and I'll take some of that. In fact, at the end of this, we're gonna sing a song. We're gonna sing this song, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious. And when we sing it, there's kind of a, there's kind of a, the word sings and then we get to say or not say, amen. Amen. We get to sing it. And I want you to know when we get to that place, when you sing amen, and maybe you're there in the living room and you're thinking, ah, that's kind of weird. Go get in your car by yourself. Go walk your halls. Go shut yourself in a closet. Get somewhere where you and God can just be real and you can sing amen. When you sing amen, sounds a whole lot like I'm in. Sounds a whole lot like, you know what? I'll take some of that. Somebody doesn't want that promise, I'll take their part too. I want 
the blessing of God. And if the blessing of God is what brings me peace, I want some of that. I want the blessing of God. So let's go through this, all right? Let's go through it and let's try to, try to understand this a little bit. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord bless you. So we gotta back the, the truck up just a little bit. And I've read so many Jewish rabbis this week I could teach for a month on this, this thing. I'm, 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 I'm gonna try. Uh, but we gotta back the truck up because to understand blessing, we also need to understand cursing. And it's important to know that the world that God created had no curses in it, all right? The blessing meant this. Everything available by the free access to God, that's what blessing is. And there was no need to talk about blessing when there wasn't cursing involved. Here's what God said, Adam and Eve, you can eat from any tree in the garden, uh, 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 in the garden but this one, it's the, the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. The day you do, though, you will die. Now, he didn't curse people, but he said you can choose a curse because there, were, there wasn't any death and there was no curse of sin until they brought sin into the world. God did curse the earth, but he, he told them the day you eat of it, you will die. Now, let me ask you a question. When they ate, the day they ate the fruit, did they physically die? Answer is no. It set in motion a process of death. God ultimately cursed the earth. And here's what I want you to, to get in your head when, we, when I use the word blessing. Man, I know when I say the word blessing, uh, some of us have been through some extremes and it's a nerve and I'll get the emails and go ahead, you'll feel better. Uh, but it hits a nerve because we are so afraid, we're so afraid that I'm gonna talk about blessing financially. I'm gonna talk about blessing financially. The Bible is filled with the word prosperity. And it would be so ashamed that because we're afraid of being associated with a handful of extremes, and there's a bunch of you out there. I've been one of you. That's why I'm talking with some fire right here because I wanna rescue you. It's a shame that we get stolen from us. I've had things about God, the Holy Spirit, stolen from me because there were some extremes and some goofiness that happened and I thought, I'd rather do without the Holy Spirit than be associated with those crazies. And you know what? I thought I was being all, you know, like this is the right stance until God said, that's not very smart, Harvey. <laughs> Who cares what they think? Don't you want me? And when it comes to the prosperity of God, one of the reasons that we struggle with blessing is there's some of you that God wants to bless you so beyond what you can receive, but you're so afraid of being associated with those people that have those airplanes and those big old houses. If God wants to give me 12 airplanes and a 50,000 square foot home, if that's what's in his heart. Now, I know I'm, I'm trying to agitate you, so I'm, I'm already out here. But if that's what God wants to do for me, well, then who cares what anybody else thinks? There must be a reason he wants to bless that way. Gang, here's what I'm trying to just tell you. Now, please, now I've agitated you, but listen. Get a hold of yourself and get in your own closet and get in your own heart and realize, man, if God wants to bless you, there's a reason he wants to flow things through you. When we start talking about the blessing of God, hear me. Now, this, this is where the peace starts to come in. Blessing and cursing, it's talking about the end of a thing, okay? Follow me. It's a conclusion. God is saying, when I bless you, I'm determining, I'm predestining how something is going to turn out. Either blessed, which means the way I intend it to be, 
are cursed, which means separated from my presence and unable to gain life because access denied. Blessing, access granted, access denied, okay? So a couple of examples. Adam and Eve, perfect example. They didn't die the moment they, they ate of that tree, but, but death began and death entered our world as a curse, right? When Jesus cursed that fig tree, you guys remember he's got disciples, couldn't find figs on it. He curses a fig tree. It didn't die right then, but they come walking the next day or so. Peter says, hey, there's that tree you cursed, and it was all shriveled up. The process of death started, okay? In the same way, blessing. Lots of guys I could pull from. David, David's life was blessed by God. Did that mean that he didn't have to dodge javelins? No, he had to dodge javelin. Uh, Saul tried to kill him. He got put on the run for about 13, 14, 15 years uh, you know, as, a, you know, as a criminal, at least that's what Jerusalem called him. He had all kinds of unfair and unfun, and he even did sin at least three big times in the scripture. He tried to mess it up, but here's, here's the thing about the blessing of God. You will always land on your feet. It, it is predestined. It's God saying, I'm going to give you the conclusion before you even start. I've predestined an outcome my way. You will reach Canaan eventually is what he was going to tell them. And here's what you need to know. When David's life was blessed, in fact, it, it, God said this, there will never not be a descendant of David on the throne of Israel. And Jesus Christ will eternally sit on the throne and be king, not only of Israel, but just king, period. The, the blessing of God is speaking to how something is going to end up. Now, I want you to know something. I have the blessing of God on my life. Not because I'm special. Uh, I've just learned. I've, and that doesn't mean I haven't been through yucky and ugly and oh my gosh and javelins throwing and all. It doesn't mean that. It means that I, it just means this. Things turn out for my good. Right. I land on my feet. Yes. It is because God has predetermined how I'm going to end up. So right. to, to, give me an example. Um, blessing, let's go back to children of Israel real quick. God had something in his mind when he said bless. And as he has it in mind for you. He had Canaan in mind for these Egyptian slaves. They were Egyptian slaves and God was so excited to bless them. He had prepared a land flowing with milk and honey, which just simply means there was plenty of, of meat, there was plenty of animals, plenty of, uh, plenty of food. Uh, they were gonna be given houses they didn't build and because they were built by giants, they were upscale houses. They had orchards built. God had these big old strong creatures, these giants in the land of Canaan because they could do a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of great landscaping, a lot of orchard building, a lot of farming. They, he, he had the work crew in Canaan working for 400 years to prepare the land for his people that were slaves. It was in his heart, and if you've ever been a dad on, on Christmas Eve night, can't wait for your kids to open their presents, this was God saying, I am so excited to bless them. Man, when they walk in those houses, they're gonna go, God, thank you so much. I can't believe this place. Here's, when, when we say the word bless, we're talking about what's in God's heart 
at God's capacity to do for us. And here's what we know. But pastor, what's it gonna be? I don't know, but I know this is gonna be good. I, the end of things is going to be good. Uh, he made this clear to me. I was sitting right up here, and I know I point here a lot, but this is where I do a lot of my praying. This is where I take communion almost every morning. And I was praying one morning, and just I was praying about money, something that has often come to haunt me a little bit, an, an area of anxiety, is sometimes I'll think of my age, 57. I know I tell you that every, every Sunday. And the fact that retirement years are coming. I don't mean that I'm gonna be quitting anytime soon. 65 is no magic number. I just have this pressure to think, you know, you know at some point, will I have enough in my retirement accounts to, to do what I need to do? And so, uh, and some of you, I, you gotta be able to relate to that. I was sitting up here on this front row, and here was the battle I was having. I was taught to pray specifically. So I would put a number out to God. All right, so I don't know how else to do this, but just to do it. At first, I would say this, Lord, I need at least a million dollars in my retirement account so that the interest off of that could pay for me. I mean, if I'm healthy, I could live a long time. But then I felt really weird about saying a million dollars, like, ugh. And here's the question that was on the table between me and the Lord as I was praying. Is that enough? I'd go like this. Two million, Lord. I see two million. I think with two million, enough interest, trying to consider how the, you know, the cost of living is gonna go up and, eh, and then I could leave a great inheritance. And, uh, and then I'd feel yucky and go, I mean, I was having a weird conversation with the Lord, like, Lord, I'm so sorry. That sounds so, but is, and I would just, I felt like God was just sitting quiet, like, Anything else? And finally, he spoke to me. He said, Randy, you know why you're so uncomfortable? You're trying to choose blessing based on how good you are. Blessing isn't about how good you are. It's about how good I am. I have a number in mind. Will you just trust me? I'm like, well, yeah. (laughs) Now, I don't know what the number is. And you know what? Here's what I know about blessing. Once God has spoken it, where I'm gonna end up, I don't know. We're all in a time of, I don't know how this is gonna end up. I want you to know right where you're at, the blessing of the Lord is available. If you'll mix it with faith, We're all, where's this going? Here's what this word is. He told Aaron, tell him every day. After every, you tell him every day, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep, Lord, will you bless, no, the Lord bless you. Will you protect, no, the Lord protect you. I'm ahead of your prayer and I'm declaring it. You don't have to ask for it. You have to believe me by faith because where we're going across this desert, you've never been there before, and the people we gotta fight, they're gonna be big horses, and it's gonna scare the bejeebas out of you, and you're gonna need to get it in you. If I told you I was cursing you, you would readily receive it. If I told you you were cursed one time, all of us would go, well, yeah, I kinda deserve that. Oh, I get it, oh, I'm a terrible person. Why would you receive that so easily? That's what cursing is. When cursing came onto this planet through sin, All of us in our flesh have something that says, I deserve something bad to happen to me. Well, here's the great thing about the blessing of God. It's not based on what you deserve. Jesus Christ came and he took our curse 
on the cross so that his blessing could be given to us. And it's not based on how good we are. I've got this, I'm only on point one. I gotta move it on. I want you to know something. God is a great God and he knows we don't know where we're going and it's got us terribly unsettled. And he's not ready necessarily to tell us this is how it's gonna end up. He wants us just to say, God, I want your blessing because that means you've predetermined that this is going to work out for my good. Give you the New Testament scripture and we know We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. I don't know if my company's gonna keep hiring. I don't know if I'm gonna have my job. I don't know what my 401k is gonna be. I know, I know, I know, none of us do. Here's what I know, and I don't know. Listen, we've got some desert to cross yet, so our now might be a little yucky, but here's where peace comes from. Okay, it's yucky right now, but here's where peace comes. I'm blessed of the Lord. This will turn out for good. It will receive that. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The keeping power, and I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to speed up here. The keeping power, power of God, is, it's his protection. I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded he is able to keep what I have committed to him against that day. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing over me. The Lord is a protecting God. He's a keeping God. He's around us. He's beside us. He's under us. He's over us. We are in the hands of God. And this is a nurturing thing like a father pulling his child in and say, I got this. I got this. You declare every single day, the Lord God bless you. The Lord keep you. Lord, I'm speaking this over my home. The Lord make his face shine upon you. It's about his favor, his goodness. I'm having to, I gotta move. All right. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious. The Lord's face towards you means he sees you, he's aware, you are not overlooked. You're sitting there today and you're going, God, do you you see what we're going through? You see my account? You see these kids, we gotta feed them. Are you seeing how few people are traveling and how few people? Listen, here's what God wants you to know. Before you pray that, this is an answer to the prayer before you pray it. That's what a blessing is. Only one he scripted and said, here, here, read this, just read it. Yes, my answer is yes. My eyes are towards you. I see you. I do know, I know you're suffering. I know you're scared. I know you're anxious, and I know how far before your bank account runs out. I know, and I want you to know, you have not been overlooked. I'm very aware of your situation. The word shine in Hebrew, it has to do with bringing enlightenment. It has to do with God. While they were sitting at Mount Sinai, all freaked out, where are we gonna go? How are we gonna do? Where's the water gonna come from? Where's the food gonna come from? God brought them there and he spoke over them. And in in Hebrew, what that means is let his face shine upon you. It means let him bring light to the chaos that that the darkness around you is bringing. Let him bring some clarity. You know that God's thoughts can interrupt your thoughts. Our minds are racing going, God, what are we gonna do? And what about this? What about the bills? When's this all gonna end? And sometimes you get caught up in the emotion and you get rattled and you need to take a second and take a deep breath and go, wait a minute, God, one, you're aware. 
and you can shine light on this situation that I'm in right now. God, you declared before I ask you for clarity. Would you come and bring some singular thought to all this commotion going on in my head? Your word is a light to my feet, a lamp to my feet, and a light to my path, and I need it right now. I don't need to know the next 10 things. I need to know the next one thing. God, would you come and bring that to me? The Lord, be gracious to you. See, here's the scary thing about him turning his face to us is not only does he see what he's gonna do, but he also sees everything we've done wrong. Many times in the scripture, you'll see where it says, then the Lord turned his face against someone. And it's because it was in anger. Well, if he turns his face for us, he told Moses, he would tell Moses later, Moses, nobody can see my face and live. So how in the world is it a good thing for God to turn his face on us? It's because of what follows. And be gracious. And I see your flaws. Of course I see your failures. Of course I see your flesh. Of course. I want you to know something. I separate your identity from all of that stuff. Now we've got a whole new covenant. This was before Jesus' blood was shed. Now we, have, we can apply this in such a, honestly, a more powerful way because we can understand it better. The blood of Jesus washes away our sin, and our God is not only gracious to remove it. Again, we don't earn the blessing it's by his grace. And because he's gracious, it's not because of how good a week you've had or how good a week I've had. It's because of how good a week he's had. And he always has a good week. He's good. He's a good, good father. And he gives divine enablement for us to achieve whatever he calls us to do. And I want us to know, whatever that is, it's gonna be good. The Lord God bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face look and shine and see you. I, you know, oh, well, let, let me just say this. There's something in our culture right now, again, we talked about it some last week, where we want to be so self-confident, self-esteem's a big deal, self-assured, and we're pitching it, and we're, again, we're, we're barking this stuff out and writing books as fast as we can. You don't need anybody else to tell you to uh, bestow value on you. Let's, let me, can I, look, just look right at me. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You're kidding yourself. That's why your head hits the pillow every night and you wondered, what did she mean when she said that? Well, when they looked at me this way, what did they mean by that? We are trying to manufacture a self-reliance, self-assured. We're putting all this pressure on ourselves to go, why do I struggle so? It's because God made us relational and he built us to need his esteem of us. That's what brings healing. That somebody who is a somebody would take a look at somebody who's a nobody and say to that nobody, I think you're a somebody. That is healing. And God is saying to these slave-minded, used to washing the feet of others, we can't do for ourselves. We're going to get killed out here, thinkers. He knew the issue wasn't getting them out of Egypt. He knew getting Egypt out of them. That was going to be his biggest task. And that's why he gave them this to say, I, the God who is credible to tell you whether you have value or not, I am saying to you, my face is upon you. I bestow value on you. Be healed by that word. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his 
countenance. What does that mean? The Lord lift up his countenance. Again, you know, when you see somebody's countenance, it tells you, honestly, when we're talking person to person, we are listening more to the body language and the tone than we are the actual language. The countenance, the spirit, the motive. God wants you to know he's a, he's a for you God. And if you could pick up his countenance, I was raised in a, in a kind of a church culture that talked about God like he was mean, he was short-tempered, he was mad all the time, his countenance was a scowl, and uh, he just couldn't wait to spank me the next time. That's just what he lived for. That was the countenance that I read the Bible through because I wasn't blessed of the, I didn't understand that, no, that's, that's, that's not what God said. God said, I want you to know my countenance. I want my countenance to be seen by you, and I want you to know I'm in a good mood. I love you, and I'm not looking for how I can get at you. I'm, I'm actually aggressively looking to save you. I'm looking for any opportunity that you out there sitting right now, I'm looking for any opportunity to save you. Last week, we talked about, uh, we were talking about before service today. Again, if you saw the, the message last week, we talked about when Jesus was healing people, four guys cut a hole in a roof and dropped a guy down through the roof who was a paraplegic and, and paralyzed. And instead of Jesus first saying, I heal you, rise and walk, he says to the guy, your sins are forgiven. He just says, your sins are forgiven. You know, one of the interesting things, the guy never asked for his sins to be forgiven. Put that in your theological pipe and smoke it. You know? Well, you gotta say the prayer just right, and you gotta say, I forgive, and you gotta say it in the name of Jesus, and you gotta say all these things, and if you don't, well, what happened? What happened to the thief on the cross? He didn't pray the prayer right and didn't get baptized. Deal with it. Our God, do you know what? Do you know what that tells us about Jesus? He knows your heart. His grace is aggressive. It's like we were talking, it's like going boom, 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 boom. It's ready to rumble for you, for you. Pastor, what, don't we have to say the prayer? I'm gonna lead you in a prayer that's proper and all that, but I, I want you to know, God knows your heart and he can get right down to it, but he can go blow right past your perfect sentences. That's not what saves you. His grace is aggressive. Your sin's forgiven. I didn't even ask. I got ahead of myself, but oh well. That's our God. When we talk about his countenance, his countenance is full of grace. He's just, he's, again, the scripture says, the words are nigh thee even in your mouth. Say them. I've even put the words in your mouth, given you the faith. I want to save you. I am for you. Read you some scripture real quick. Here's, uh, oh my gosh, I am so off. Um, uh, Romans 8. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Can anything ever separate us from, the, from Christ's love? Does it mean... Uh, he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or financial chaos or COVID-19 uh, or we're persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death. No, despite all these things, overwhelmingly, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Here's what you need to know about the blessing of God. He is for you. If I told you he was against you, it'd be easy for you to believe. The reason we declare this, and we need to start declaring it every day into this situation, 
The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious. The Lord lift up his for you countenance so that you could understand God is for me. We read scriptures like this. We read about persecution and tribulation. I know some of you think that you hadn't been able to get your nails done and your roots are coming in and you can't get to your hair later. You think this is suffering. Okay, uh, but when we get up to heaven and uh, the other guys are talking about their suffering and you start talking about, I was shut up in my air-conditioned house with a thousand movies for weeks and they talk about being beaten, it'd be best just to keep it, dial it back or don't tell them you're from the crossing. I'm just saying. God is for you, gang. And all of this wraps up with this right here and give you peace. Man, guys, they were sitting in the so what or what now position that we're in right now. What now? Where's this going? They were looking over a Sinai desert, didn't have a clue what a Canaan land was, what a God was. And before they even knew what to pray, God's aggressive answer to their prayer is the same thing that he's sitting right here. We may not know. Our peace isn't dependent. Jesus said this, my peace I give to you. I leave it with you, but not a peace like the world gives. The world gives us explanations predictions, charge, models saying by this time there'll only be 60,000 dead. We thought it'd be 100. None of those models are gonna be right. They haven't been right yet. And it's because we're trying to react to something nobody knows and that's why we're unsettled. I'd like the worship team to go ahead. If you guys would, would come back, they're gonna, they're gonna preach the last part of this. But gang, the reason that we can have peace but not because we have information and our circumstances predicted perfectly. Nobody's is. We have peace because our God is answering a prayer before we even know how to pray it. I bless you. I will keep you. I will make my face. I know exactly what's going on. I'm, I'm aware. And I'm going to be gracious. My countenance is lifted up and I want you to know none of this is happening because I'm in a bad mood. I love you. Everything about me is for you, for you, for you. And it doesn't matter whether your finances are against you, your boss is against you, the devil's against you. It, when I'm for you, even though you don't have answers, you can still have peace. You can know I'm for you. I know you're under pressure. I know you're, you're t and all of us have anxiety rise. Just don't partner with it. He says this over, over this group. He says, when you do this, you're placing my name on them. When you speak the blessing, speak it every day. They're going to need it. When you do this, you're placing my name on them. When a person's an orphan and has an orphan spirit, what they're most desperately needing is to have somebody from an outside source come and say, you have value, some credible source, no more credible source than God himself and for him to lovingly say this, you speak this over yourselves, you speak it over your congregations, you speak it over your homes, and in so doing, you place my name, the name that's above every other name, you place my name upon them. Nothing more valuable, and you'll realize later why he does this, because there's a couple of times where God wanted to destroy Israel, and here's what he would say, I ought to destroy you because of your sin, but because of my great name. Right. I'm not doing this because 
you deserve something. My name is on the line and I will protect my name. And when I put my name on you, it guaranteed the blessing would, would, no matter what you do. That first group didn't make it into Canaan, but guess what? The blessing remained. The children of Israel are going to get the promised land. The end was set. So I want to encourage you, anything that has my name on it, right in that room back there, my wallet has my credit cards, my driver's license, some other things. It has my name on it, but it's not just my name. It's access to everything that I have the capacity. It's access into my checking account, access to just about everything I own. And if I were to give you a credit card, I would be saying, I give you permission, I, put, I give you my name, and, uh, and I want you to know, anytime my wallet is missing, and it's rarely missing, I stop everything to go find my wallet because it has everything that has access into my life. When God put his name on you, he gave you access. That's what blessing is. Access not to your ability to bless, but his ability to bless. You are, you are seated with Jesus in heavenly places, and his inheritance is yours. The blessing of Jesus is yours. I know. Gang, I believe we are underblessed, not because God doesn't want to, but because of what we read out of Hebrews 4. That first group didn't get what God wanted to do for them because they didn't mix it with faith. In the troubled place that you're in right now, I want you to begin to accept, and as we sing this song, receive it as the Holy Spirit just ministers it to you. You're blessed. You're blessed by God. God is gracious to you. You are kept by God. I used to think God wanted to kick me out until I realized I'm a keeper. The Lord bless you and keep you. I'm a keeper because the blessing of the Lord is on my life. One last thing, gang, I want you to know, there's a lot of information that flows around, and, it, and I understand. The information comes, and it comes in flurries of anxiety. Oh my God, do you know this is gonna happen? This happened in my life. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety in it. And Stacey and I had a conversation this week, and I've tried to counsel several people. It's okay for the information to come, but don't let the anxiousness get inside you. Don't join out of sympathy somebody's anxiousness because if both of you get in the, in the ditch, neither of you can get out. A part of what we're doing, when you're blessed, here's what, I've been in some nasty situations, but I've walked in the blessing of the Lord and some of you would say, Pastor, you're just a positive person. Yes, but you can't hardly rattle me and it isn't because there's anything in me. I've just, I've, I was young and now I'm old and I've been through enough things to know no matter what's happening right now, God is going to work this out. Right. He's already pronounced blessing. It's going to turn out good. Right. So I can endure some nasty now if I know that. And my peace and your peace is because God has blessed you and it's going to turn out okay. It's going to be okay. Praise God. Receive this song as a gift from God. Receive it. Lord bless 
make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Sing that with me.
an incredible message from our senior pastor, Pastor Andy. If you'd like to share this message with your friends, click that share button below this video to share it on your personal Facebook. If you need prayer or if you need help, you can text I need help to 31996 and a member from our team will be in contact with you shortly. If you gave your life to the Lord, you can text I said yes to that same number 31996. We would love to send you a gift to help you get started on this journey with Christ. Again, I'm Christine. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next Sunday.